Hi, and welcome to another episode of Getting to Know You. I'm your host, Jen Dawson, Peter's Outreach Manager. And joining me today is Dr. Roni Francois. He's a fourth year resident at the University of Florida, and he's recently matched for a fellowship at the University of California, San Francisco, where he is right now doing a research elective. And he's also a Peter member. Thanks so much for being with me today, Roni. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your background, and what led you to dermatology? Um, so I grew up um, in Tampa um, and went to college at University of South Florida. Um, and um, in college, I was able to um, get exposed to research pretty early on um, through a mentor over the Moffitt Cancer Center. So um, I think early on, I was very interested in, you know, cancer biology, um, cancer, you know, tumor genesis and um, cancer treatments. Um, and I think through that, one of the, um, my main interests, which still is my, one of my main interests is um, melanoma. So okay. um, finding, um, understanding what we can about melanoma, some of the genetic variants and genetic classifications for melanoma, um, as well as targeted therapies for melanoma. Awesome. So um, with your interest in melanoma, can you talk about any research projects that you've recently done that you're particularly proud of or projects that are coming up maybe? Yeah, so one um, project that I uh, was kind of more of a quality improvement project um, that I recently completed um, was um, looking at um, margin assessment for shave biopsies of melanocytic lesions and melanoma, um, specifically melanoma in situ and whether reporting um, the margins on the shape biopsy um, actually would affect clinical outcomes. So mm -hmm. affecting the number of incomplete excisions. So um, that kind of started as a QI project and then turned into more of a um, you know, data um, driven project that then um, we found that there was about a 50% reduction in incomplete excisions when the pathologist upfront told, um, you know, reported that they, the, um, whether the margins were positive on the melanoma site too for the initial sampling shape biopsy. Um, another project that I'm um, sort of, you know, uh, formulating on, um, you know, formulating now um, during this current research elective um, is looking at NRAS mutant melanoma. So um, kind of the newer therapies for the BRAF mutant melanomas are um, kind of have been around for a good, you know, six, seven years now. But the um, NRAS um, mutant melanomas don't really have a good therapeutic target outside, targeted target outside of the um, immunotherapies. So um, looking for uh, new ways to target um, RAS mutant melanoma is something that I'm interested in. Wow, that's so interesting. What led you to specifically wanting to research melanoma? Um, yeah, I had that. Yeah, I had that interest very early on. I actually remember finding one of my old, um, um, I think, yeah, one of my old essays, even from, from I believe it was even from high school, um, wow. as I was applying to the research project in, um, you know, um, in college. And I said that I was really interested in melanoma and tumor biology. And I remember finding that and thinking, how did I get that in high school? Um, but I, 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 I remember learning early on about melanoma that it's one of the few, um, um, cancers where the incidence is increasing. Mm -hmm. um, so I found it very interesting that why are most, um, why is the incidence continue to increase as opposed to other cancers, which most of them continue to decrease. Um, so I always, that just kind of always, you know, sparked something, um, mm -hmm. sparked an interest and especially for 
um, a tumor where we know what the carcinogen is. So knowing that it's you know ultraviolet light, we know what the carcinogen is. We know um, so much about it. You know, this is a tumor that's easily accessible. It's easy to biopsy, easy to sample. Yet it's um, difficult to um, to get a hold of and decrease the incidence. So um, I think that was one reason why I was I was particularly drawn to that. That tumor. What are what are some of the reasons why that why melanoma is increasing? Um, so I think there's kind of two schools of thought. So some people think that the incidence increase is real um, and you know related to um, I think kind of behavioral um, habits. So if you look at let's say back in the 20s and the type of clothing that they wore, uh, they maybe did not have as much sun exposure, um, and then as you get you know into the 50s when, you know, bikinis and other types of clothing became mm-hmm. um, um, more prevalent and just sunbathing habits. And um, some people think it's also um, the desire to be pale, I think at one point was very attractive and then wanting to be tan and wanting to, you know, be out in the sun. So that that kind of, I feel like picked up in the mid, um, mid 20th century. So some people think it's related to that. We're just seeing it's catching up with us now, kind of mm-hmm. similar to how cigarette smoking mm. um, Mm-hmm. Increased and then now we're seeing a drop off because that you know that it comes you know that drop off comes a few decades later so it's mm-hmm. kind of we're just seeing that can be catching up. Some people think it's not a true um, increase that we're just kind of um, biopsying more, um, screening more, and um, essentially over over diagnosing um, melanomas. Okay. So um, I think in reality it's probably um, multi you know multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's um, that's an interesting, you know, kind of epidemiologic question and, and mm-hmm. public health question as well. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'd be curious to follow that over the, you know, like the next twenty years and right. the next generation. Right. That kind of thing is very interesting. Yes. Um, so, talking about your research, where do you see yourself um, in five years with your either practice or research? Where are you headed? Um, so I think in five years after I'm done with the dermatopathology fellowship, um, I would want to be kind of at a large academic institution, mm-hmm. uh, with an NCI designated cancer um, center association, um, that, um, where I would say my schedule would be, it'd be nice to have be 80% research and then maybe 20% clinical. So if I could mm-hmm. do, um, you know, either a half day of clinic or half day of, um, of dermatopathology and then the rest research that would be that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the folks who are successful with NIH funding, with um, you know K awards, R01s, PO1s, R21s, those types of funding mechanisms, um, a lot of them are, are 100% research. So it's hard to be competitive doing anything less than about 80% research. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I see myself. <clears throat> Wow. I, that's, you know, I talked to a lot of members from our network who have started their careers either as outright clinicians and have, you know, recently come to academia or um, have always wanted to do research, but they're, they have clinic and their time is so limited for research. So it's really interesting to talk to you having like that primary laser focus on research first. Um, it's, it's been really nice. So, um, with that being your primary focus and where you're headed in the next five years, like how do you see yourself um, within the organization that is PEDRA? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I 
liked you know the Pedro meeting that was actually my first uh, meeting I went to the one that was um you know the pre-pandemic yeah I think that's where we met in uh Chicago yes Yes. um and I I really liked the um the birthmarks um Mm -hmm. uh, genital lesions um um, outbreak group um and I really like how um, diverse everybody um what different backgrounds the different um diverse backgrounds that everybody was Mm -hmm. from so a lot of people were you know really 100% clinic a lot of people were um, clinic and research. A lot of people were very clinician, you know, clinical research focused. Some people were more um, kind of translational uh, mm-hmm. focused. So um, that's so. I think um, you know, having someone who's um, maybe even more basic science or basic or translational, um, I think, just adds to um, the overall strength that 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 PG researchers um, have. I couldn't agree more. We absolutely need uh, need that in the network. Uh, so we're very happy to have you in the in the group. Um, do you feel comfortable sharing something personal about yourself, either a hidden talent or a hobby? And feel um, free to not answer. Yeah, I definitely. So I love traveling. Um, yeah. That's that's one thing that I that I I really like to do. Um, I'm kind of a um, spontaneous traveler. So oh. a lot of times I'll book a plane ticket and not make any plans at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, one of my favorite things, obviously, you know, it's a lot harder to do now during the pandemic, but, um, I would, I'd like to go to a, um, I would just go get off the plane, go to a local, um, either, you know, bar lounge, you know, um, informal setting and really meet, um, just locals spontaneously and, um, let that guide my trip. Cause, um, I found that if you Google or yell, but you don't really get, um, you know, you get the touristy and kind of the, yeah. the, you know, everyone says you should do this. And then when you, if you just ask someone locally that has no um, incentive, incentive to tell you um, one, or, one yeah. thing or another, I found that that's been very fulfilling. So that's something I like to do. <laughs> that is really incredible. Um, I've always admired people who can be that free with their travel and trying to, you know, manage Yelp descriptions. It's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So where is like, the favorite place that you found yourself in? Um, that is, they're all so different because, um, yeah, yeah. I really liked Istanbul. I oh, felt like cool. Istanbul was this melting pot of um, cultures and history and um, it was it and and it's beautiful too so um, I, re- I really liked um, Istanbul <laughs> so definitely Turkey. <laughs> that is incredible one of those places that I would always love to see I've heard amazing things about it. Right. right. <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me today Dr. Francois on getting to know you. Um, we're so thankful to have you in the network and we just can't wait to watch your research career as you move through it. Thank you so much. (laughs) A very special thanks to Dr. Francois for joining us today. Stay tuned for future episodes of Pedro's Getting to Know You program. You can find us on Twitter at Pedro Research, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pedro Research. You can also check us out on our website at www.pedroresearch.org.